What is up, everybody? This is Alex, and you are listening to the American Toffee Podcast, serving up the latest Everton news with stateside views. So I'd like to start off by saying that initially I was not going to do a post-match episode for the Everton versus Arsenal match, if you could call it a match. Um, And to be completely honest with you, this was the first game I have ever turned off without finishing it. Every single match I have ever watched over the years, I have finished to the end with stoppage time. And yesterday was the first match. I just could absolutely not do it. Um, I turned it off specifically in the 38th minute after Aubameyang scored their first goal, fourth, excuse me, fourth goal uh, in the first half. And I was just, I was, I was flabbergasted. Like I do not understand. Um, you know, how you can perform so poorly, especially after, you know, what, what was it, three, f- three, four days before when, you know, you come off a big win against Leicester City, uh, sitting in seventh place, it was absolutely needed. And then on top of that, you know, Leicester, uh, I don't, I don't, actually, I didn't catch the Leicester match. I know Burnley tied, so I'm not sure that that's considered dropping points for them as it was a tough match, but Point is, it was a big opportunity for us to continue our run. I think Arsenal was was uh, sitting at a at a low point, um, and we just absolutely threw it away, and then it got shoved in our face. So, start off, I think the the overall sentiment across the community when the team sheet was released was just complete confusion. Um, you know, a couple things, right? First of all, why are we playing three central defenders against Arsenal when, you know, I can't count how many times we've actually played that this season. Maybe a couple, but it has literally never worked for us. Furthermore, you see three center backs, okay, whatever else, but you then throw your brand new center back who's been at the club for, what, two days now? Two days before before uh, the match, and... He now has to play in the back three in which the other two center backs don't know what they're doing. So you saw time and time again, you know, well, I say this, I only watched this, uh, this dumpster uh, fire for 37, 38 minutes. But, uh, you know, you saw time and time again within the first five minutes, of course, when they scored their first goal or, and, you know, Everton conceded, everybody is looking around at each other like, who are you marking? Who am I marking? Who's, who's picking who up? And, uh, I just I had the worst feeling about it, and lo and behold, five minutes in. Um, so I was really confused about that. You know why? Why? Like you know, he talked about Sam Allardyce specifically talked in the middle of the week about how Arsenal. He said specifically Arsenal were weak defensively, and he said his goal was to shut them out. Right? He wanted to exploit their weak defense and then shut them out. Well, in my mind, when you say that. That doesn't that doesn't say start seven defensive minded players on the pitch, like that. That's not what that means, uh, you know. Beyond the fact that he started, you know, three center backs, five at the back, right? One of them has not has no chemistry whatsoever with who he's playing with. Uh, and furthermore, you could tell the other two, Williams and Keane, had no idea. They didn't know what they were doing. It looked it looked like they had never even spoken about playing that type of formation with those with those personnel. And then you, you move up a little up a little uh, further on the pitch 
And you see, nice, we started Ghana and Schneiderlin, two defensive-minded midfielders. Ghana obviously absolutely has to start every match. That's a given. But why are we starting Schneiderlin? I understand he gives you know more defensive prowess than the other options we have at central midfield, uh, more specifically Davies or Rooney or Sigurdsson. But how in the world do you expect to quote-unquote exploit their weak defense with five at the back and then two defensive-minded central midfielders? Neither one of them can pick a pass. I mean, what, what do you expect to get out of that? So then your front three, right? Balassi on the left, Walcott on the right. I think that's what everybody wants in general, right? You, you want both of them playing, both of them starting every match. Happy with that. And then I'm confused because I see Nias starting up top. Did he have a decent game on Wednesday? Yes. Did he miss two or three wide-open chances that nobody should be missing? Yes. You know, okay, he runs himself into the ground. Well, guess what? Maybe that uh, that 30 million uh, pound striker that we just purchased uh, does the same thing. That's actually what he's known for. That's what all the Besiktas fans uh, keep telling everyone is that he works as hard as anyone they know. You know, he skips he skips vacations to stay and work on the things that you know, he gets bemoaned for, you, you know, they mentioned a couple things like he used to be terribly at heading or, or he used to be terrible at heading the ball. You know, his first touch wasn't that good, blah, 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 hold up play. And they, you know, they kept talking about every year he would skip holidays. He worked on it and he got better and better and improved literally every aspect of his game. So in my mind, the only thing that Nias has, has on anyone in general is work rate. And yet you look at Tozun and you're like, well, no. So you know, I'm like, okay, well, last week I was confused. Why why is why is Nias starting? And why is he playing over Tozun? Then I realized in the last couple days, well, okay, we have a match Saturday, so maybe he's just rest you know, he's just resting Tozun, giving Nias another go. Obviously, again, I've mentioned many times before that his goal per minute ratio is outstanding compared compared to Rooney and Calvert Lewin. Um and there's something to be said about that. Well, we then get the lineup and we see that Nias is starting again three days later and Tozun's on the bench. And you just wonder why. He was asked uh, before the match, I think after the first team or the uh, the uh, starting 11 came out, you know, who's who's the first choice striker then? Because everyone's wondering why would you spend that money on Tozun and not play him? You know, he started the first two matches and now he's been banished to the bench. And he essentially said, he tried to say it was up for grabs, but then he hinted at the fact that Nias had the spot. Um, so it's very confusing, and it, and it makes me pretty angry because, you know, from what I've seen, obviously a limited, limited uh, amount of minutes, uh, Tozun looks head and shoulders uh, above Nias, or, you know, Calvert-Lewin for that matter. So why? You know, his, his, his technique overall, right, hold-up play, he has some intelligent flicks, his passing, etc. And, you know, looks better. On top of that, you know, you can say for sure that his work rate is the exact same standard. And furthermore, his goal scoring record in, you know, at Besiktas speaks for itself. So I just don't get it. But I'm going to I'm going to move on from uh from that rant. Uh one crazy statistic I saw was that Everton made three tackles in the first half, conceded four goals, and only made three tackles in 45 minutes. That is insane. 
That's insane. The commentators also said that that was the first time we had conceded four goals in a first in the first half or in a, in a half of a football match. I don't know that I believe that. Someone on Reddit pointed out that we lost seven nil to Arsenal uh, a while ago, um, but you know that's just that's just abysmal. Like that is worse than last year's Sunderland, and I I just don't understand. You know why why that's even you know in the realm of possibility for this squad because nobody nobody can contest the fact that you know on paper right on paper over the summer before we started you know we we knew we had two weak spots right we didn't replace Lukaku and we didn't have a a backup left back or a left side a left-sided defender whether that's left center back or a left back right and um but otherwise everyone had a great feeling right you're like you know what this is shaping up to be a pretty good squad a lot of guys class in Sandro um, showed, you know, a lot of promise. I was super, I was actually really excited about class in coming. Uh, obviously Sigurdsson, Rooney, um, Lookman, Vlasic. Well, Lookman is already here. Vlasic, you know, Michael Keane, Pickford. It all felt so good. And now, you're, now we're all just sitting here six months later. Like what happened? What happened? And, you know, I, I think that, at this point in time, it's absolutely safe to say that this has nothing to do with, you know, the players not being good enough. It has to do with the fact that there are some bad apples with poor attitudes that are bringing the whole squad down, right? I think it has to do with the fact that all the players, everyone knows that Big Sam was brought in for, if I'm not mistaken, 18 months, right? So everyone knows that he's just a quick fix, right? Stop, stop the ship from sinking. And by that logic with, you know, how he kind of berates all the players publicly, which I'll go into in a second, you know, why would every, why, why would they play for him, right? Why, why would they care to, to, you know, try their best and stuff? Now, obviously, I'm not saying, I'm not saying as a professional, you shouldn't be out there trying your best or like, you know, anything of the sorts like that. I'm saying that, you know, when things aren't going well and, you know, maybe you see your best friend at the club getting berated publicly uh, for this, that, and the other, or, you know, when he talked about Lookman being quote unquote stubborn for wanting to go to Leipzig on loan to actually get time because he was getting no time at Everton, to be honest, and nobody knows why. Um, it just kind of demotivates you, you know? I mean, think about it this way. You're at a job, you don't like your boss, regardless of what your personal, what, what you need to succeed, Right. Whether you, you know, you absolutely need to do well to move on to the next stage, you know, maybe get a promotion or do well so that you can get a good recommendation to switch jobs, right? How hard is it? How hard is it to perform or want to perform when you have, when you have a bad boss? It's hard. You know, you know, it, and, and I think that if I put it in those terms, you know, we're all on the same page. Like it's, it's very difficult regardless of them being a professional, they're still people. They're still people, um, you know, so talking about, um, Allardyce berating the players publicly in the post-match, the post-match interview really, really upset me because what did he do? He threw all the blame onto the players a hundred percent. Again, don't get me wrong. No team, Everton should not be shipping five goals to any club in the world. You will never convince me they should. I don't care. I don't care who they're playing, Real Madrid, Paris. I don't care. They should not be shipping five goals to any club. 
But, you know, it's just like everyone could see it a mile away that with that team selection, throwing in a new center back in a new formation with no midfielder, right? Sigurdsson and Rooney were on the bench. No midfielder transition play, which was already hard enough when you're playing one or both of them. What did you expect to happen? What did you expect to happen? Right? I, I don't know. I don't know. And it, it's just really starting to irritate me that, again, every single time he gets into the media within the last week or two, he just, you know, has something bad to say about the players. Now, I do understand, and I'm a big proponent of lobbying for the fact that you never know what's going on behind the scenes, right? You know, we remember earlier in the season, there was, you know, there was this, there was this rumor going around saying Schneiderlin and Morales just decided, were, were confronted and said, you need to try your best or, or, you know, don't be around, and they left, right? Again, not confirmed. I could see it happening, though. And uh, you, you don't know whether that happened or not. And so, you know, when, when uh, Allardyce, you know, when he's, when he's dropping Tozun and starting Nias twice in the same week, right, it's confusing. I, I don't see, I just can't see there being a character issue or um, an issue in training. But you never know. You never know. So I also understand and, you know, lobby for the fact that you really don't. You know, you can't make assumptions on that type of thing. But it's upsetting me because, you know, he's, he's talking about how they, you know, he actually, he said specifically, Sam Allardyce said, they make it look like me and my team are not doing our jobs preparing them. And that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Because, okay, yes, do I believe that they have trained or talked about playing five at the back before? Yes, I do. That would actually be ridiculous to believe otherwise. Yes, I do. Um, but, you know, the question is, how often? When was that, right? And then also, if you're going to do that for the first time in months, why would you ever start Mangala, who has never played with the team before, two days after he gets to the club? How does that make any sense? So, you know, you got a lot of fans. I was reading the, uh, the match thread on Reddit. Again, if you're not on Reddit or if you're on Reddit and you're not in the Everton subreddit, I absolutely suggest you do that. Just search Everton um, on Reddit. It's a great place to get all your news and have conversations and stuff like that. Um, and pretty much everyone's talking about how awful he was. But in my mind, right, he wasn't given a fair shot. Why was he thrown into that mess, right? Nobody knew they, what they were doing. Ashley Williams is 33 years old. He's been playing professional football for, what, 15 years? You know, captain for club and country, Swansea, obviously. Um, and, and yet he had no idea what he was doing. So what do you, what do you expect? Um, but either way, it's just, it blows my mind that he keeps placing the blame on all the players, right? Uh, and that, you know, that kind of leads into Steve Walsh, right? Everyone is upset about Steve Walsh. And I think it's very clear to see that something's not working with, with the, the setup the club has right now, right? So the idea was Steve Walsh was going to come in as the director of football. Martinez, back in the day, I say back in the day, what was that? Three years ago or so. He liked to have a hand in everything, right? He liked to manage. He liked to manage, uh, manage the club, the squad, and he also preferred to make his own decisions when it came to the transfer market, right? He liked to have his own team scout and uh, decide who comes in. And I personally believe that there's nothing wrong with that system. Uh, now, in today's terms, it's a little outdated, but 
I think it makes sense, right? If if Komen is saying we need a striker and a left back and you don't get it, well, you know, there's a question. Is that his fault, right? Because he's not in charge of the scouts anymore. Steve Walsh is. And then you have two people, uh, Ronald Komen and Steve Walsh, that have to agree on signings. So you have someone that doesn't hang out. You know, he doesn't work with the squad every day who, in my opinion, was, was mo- most renowned for being a scout, not a director of football, has to sign off on all the signings, right? So you go into the Sam Allardyce era. I hope it's a short-lived era. <laughs> um, and you also see, okay, you, you both have to agree, right? Well, I don't, I don't think that Steve Walsh is a director of football. I think he's a scout. He's a fantastic scout. Well, that's arguable as well. Um, He's a scout, and that's that's what he should be. You need to get a director of football by trade into Everton in the summer. You need to get a new manager that you're going to stick with for two to three, four years, ideally three to four years, right, um, and start the rebuilding process. Spending too much money on players that you have no idea what are going to do. Most of them have flopped or not integrated, right? And... You know, part of that has to do with the manager merry-go-round and part of that has to do with bad apples and, and, you know, guys coming from foreign places and trying to adapt personally, right? They got their families, their significant others, uh, you know, they got to they gotta play with players on the pitch that they, you know, they can't even verbally communicate with. So you get it. But it just, this summer has to be pay Sam Allardyce off, which in my mind was always the plan. Um you need to demote or let go Steve Walsh, and you need to get two guys in there that have the absolute understanding, and maybe even take a look at the system. You know, uh, see, maybe you need to look at um, what manager you're bringing in, and either one try to bring in the director of football from his 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 uh, previous club, so that you know they already have a working relationship, or two, in my mind, you need to bring in. A manager, you need to assess his style, right? Which obviously, obviously, Evertonians, or in my opinion, probably all football uh, enthusiasts would want a nice attacking style, right? And then you need to find a director of football that works for a club that plays the same style. Therefore, you understand, okay, this is absolutely our 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 identity, right? Because that's what everyone's screaming out for, identity. So I think that makes the most sense, and I, that's that's really what I want to. I want to see, and I'd really appreciate y'all's feedback on, on my thought process there. Um, cause I, I think it makes sense. And, you know, to say that I'm well versed in the operations between, you know, a manager or in general, just a director of football is, is false, right? I understand the basic, uh, the basic concept. I understand, um, the relationship at Everton specifically between the director of football and manager, but I, w- I want to know what you guys have to say. So please, uh, please let me know. And, you know, to cap things off in a more in a more uh, positive light, right? Uh, Luke Garbett was added to the uh, Premier League squad list um, Tuesday, or sorry, uh, Friday or Saturday. Uh, naturally, he didn't make the 18, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but I think that that says something at least. Let's let's get a left-footed uh, player at left back and leave it at that. Um, and then lastly, uh, Lookman came on for subbed on for Leipzig, and I think someone said, "Not don't quote me on this." I think someone said within 10, 11 minutes, he scored the winner for him in I want to say the 88th, 89th. Um, it was a pretty nice, 
pretty nice finish um, running towards the uh, right-hand side of goal. I would say maybe somewhere between 15, 18 yards out and struck it low and across to the left, left-hand corner. Keeper had no chance. Um, and naturally, uh, I think it was Fox Sports posted the video of him coming off the bench scoring the winner in his debut and uh, had a had a funny little comment to make. Well, it wasn't funny at the time, saying, uh, looks like Everton could have used it. Um, although, you know, scoring one goal wouldn't have helped that deficit yesterday. Anyway, um, I think I'm hoping that, you know, something big is going to happen over the next couple days at the club. Um, I think things are going to be switched up. I think that a couple of the players that we saw in the squad starting in the starting 11 yesterday very well might not even be in the 18 for the next match. I would not be surprised. And, you know, I think, I think that type of, uh, I think that type of approach may be necessary. Um, but we'll see. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate the support. It's been a ton of fun so far. Um, maybe not my favorite episode to record, but you know, I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of the, a lot of the thoughts, um, you know, if they were implemented, you know, specifically getting the new manager director football in, um, continuing the mass exodus of players, um, you know, specifically with bad attitudes, because that's not what Everton's about. You know, I will watch Stephen Naismith try as hard as he can for the next 10 years if I need to into his, you know, for, till he's 45 years old, then I'd rather have, you know, somebody with a poor attitude out there with a little bit better technical ability um, at my club. So uh, thanks again for tuning in. Please, if you're listening on iTunes, um, subscribe, rate, and review it. That just helps me a lot. It's not, I promise it's not just for my ego. That helps me a lot with the search algorithm when people are searching Everton. Right now, my main, uh, my main, uh, my primary uh, place to kind of quote unquote advertise it or share it is on Reddit. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to do, you know, how to gain more attention and, and share it with the community. Um, I will also say I've had a lot of, a lot, I've had a lot of people contact me about being guests on the show. Um, I'm really excited to start doing that. I'm just really, really busy. I work full time. I take classes, you know, I have to balance a bunch of different things in life at the moment. And there's going to be a bit of a learning curve on that. So yes, I absolutely do, uh, plan on having guests. Um, and I'd love to have some of y'all on here. Um, it just, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure when yet, but hopefully pretty soon. Um, so thanks again. Have a great rest of the weekend. Hopefully, uh, this doesn't sour the rest of your week. <laughs>